Hi, we're your hosts, Lorraine Spindler and Lori Subat, and we're commercial real estate brokers with Scout Real Estate in Calgary. And you're listening to Leasing Out Loud. You're listening to Leasing Out Loud for episode 57 with your hosts, Lorraine Spindler and Lori Suba. Welcome back, everybody. So this week, we have a very lovely guest on our podcast, Miss mm-hmm. Tracy Hawes. Tracy has recently joined the Scout Real Estate team as our manager corporate services, but she is an absolute whiz on a topic that we're going to talk about today about FinTrack. And so for our broker listeners, this might be one you want to turn up the volume a little bit on. Yes. Pay attention. Because <laughs> we're There's talking a lot to know. <laughs> FinTrack fundamentals. And before we hit record, Tracy said, it's fundamentals and it's fun. And we're going to find out. (laughs) So welcome, Tracy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Okay. So before we go, we got to start at the very beginning here, Tracy. I know I'm going to learn a lot as we're walking through all this. So I know our listeners will too. Me too. Let and (laughs) Lorraine, we're all going to learn. Let's start with what is FinTrack? Well, FinTrack stands for Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Center of Canada. And Mm. it was a policy that the Canadian government put in for money laundering to prevent crime and terrorist financial activity in Canada. Right. Okay. And it's primarily for sale transactions only. We don't need to do it for lease transactions whatsoever. Okay. okay. And it's just to prevent any crime that we don't want in Canada. Right. Especially in real estate, whether it be commercial or residential. Right. And it's like federally regulated. That's correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because real estate can be quite unattractive. It's very attractive yes. to criminals, actually. <laughs> for criminal activity, yeah, right? Very much yeah. so. had to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so why is FinTrack something that we need to be paying attention to? Well, it is the law. Okay, okay. number one, yeah. the law. It's yes. the law. Reason enough Yeah, for me. <laughs> me too. We're rule followers around here. So yes, that's why we're paying attention to it. Well, and as I previously mentioned, it's to prevent terrorists and money laundering organizations doing business in Canada. Right. Now, this is a Canadian law. This is not something that's the United States required. They require it on a different level. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, if you do a transaction with someone based out of the United States, you are still required by Canadian law to fin track them. Oh, Now, they need to be aware of that before you do the transaction. Okay. Because in my past experience, it's been difficult to get people from the United States to cooperate. Oh, right, because yeah. they don't believe it's a law. Right. <laughs> but it is a law in but Canada if you're doing yeah. business in Canada. Right. And that goes okay. for anybody from any other country in the world. If you're doing business with them in Canada for Canadian-based property, you must do FinTrack. Understood. Okay. Well, okay. attention U.S. listeners and international listeners. We know we have some. <laughs> we so. do have some, yeah. Okay, so we talked a little bit, we alluded a little bit to when FinTrack comes into play, not on the leasing side, but if you're, you know, a broker that is doing sale transactions, yes. So you need to start the FinTrack process really before you do anything else. If someone's interested in a property and they submit an offer to purchase or even an LOI, mm-hmm. the FinTrack process should be started. Okay. And that's so that you don't get halfway through the process and then try to do FinTrack and get pushback. And okay. you will get pushback. Right. A lot of people are very leery of providing their personal information. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the sooner you explain to them what FinTrack is, explain to them that it is required by law in Canada, the easier it is for you to obtain the necessary information you need to have on file and retain on file for seven years. Super great tip, Tracy. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. 
who is required to provide FinTrack documentation? So it's a little bit tricky. If -hmm. you represent a client, you are obligated to provide that FinTrack documentation. Okay. If the client is unrepresented, you are also obligated to provide that FinTrack documentation. Okay. So that's basically the rule of law. Um, And there are forms, right? There are specific forms you can get and they're on the government website and we can, we can link them. We can put links up to that for for, sure for everybody. That'd be great. But really you need to FinTrack the party that you represent first Mm -hmm. and then determine if the other party, if they have another broker involved, then it's up to that broker to FinTrack that person. Okay. You don't need to. It just depends on who you're representing and who engaged you in the Transaction. Transaction. Or if the purchaser is unrepresented. That's correct. Vendor, I suppose. Either one. Either party. Okay. Either party. Yeah, you're right. It's not just the purchaser. That's correct. It's the vendor as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are representing both, then you fin track both. Or if one party is unrepresented and you represent another party, you fin track both. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And really it all comes down to, you know, how well you know this particular client, right? Like this is the check. Yeah. Right. That's really what FinTrack is doing. You're saying, hey, who is this person? Can Mm -hmm. we verify their identity? They are who they say they are, right? That's right. And the information is quite detailed. So going back to, you know, getting pushback. Yes. That commonly happens Mm -hmm. because they want a lot of information. Yes, they do. So they want to know, first of all, who you are. Mm-hmm. They want to see some kind of government ID, whether that be a current passport mm-hmm. or a current driver's license. And those documentation, they can't be expired right. or they aren't accepted. Okay. The other trick is that if you're dealing with a client who you've dealt with for several times over the years, that information cannot be older than six months. Oh, okay. So you do it again. Right. Every you, time. Every time. Mm-hmm. You can't keep copies of passports or driver's licenses on file. Right. You need to be in front of those people, asking them for the information. You review the information, write it down on your forms, and then keep that on file. Right. It's the form that you're keeping. That's that's correct. You also do a corporate pull. Mm -hmm. You do a corporate pull to ensure that the person who signed the offer Mm -hmm. or the purchase agreement can bind the company to the agreement. Right. So they have to be listed as a director Mm -hmm. or a signing officer of the company. Okay. If that is not available... Then it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go to a director or a signing officer of the company and get what's called a resolution letter. And the resolution letter just states that the person who signed the offer or purchase agreement has the authority to bind the company on behalf of that director. Gotcha. Ah, Okay. Okay. And so that's really where it gets hard to get that information because a lot of people are saying, well, I can't get that. I'm not going to go to them. I'm not going to bother them them. for the information, Mm -hmm. but it's the law. So bother them. (laughs) It's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And for that, say, you know, current driver's license, current passport, that information, you know, when completing the forms and attesting to all of that, like you have to see it in person. This isn't stuff people can't electronically send you things like you need to know because if they send it to you electronically, especially with a passport, because you don't necessarily know, you know, has sending it, it to you. Yeah. But you're also legally not allowed because of the privacy laws in Canada, you're not legally allowed to keep any physical documentation on file. Right. You write down the numbers, you write down the expiry dates, you write down the name. Right. right. And that's what the forms are for. And you basically acknowledge that you have matched up physically the matched. person mm-hmm. with the image in front of you on that driver's license or passport. Yeah. Yes. And in some instances, there is a third party 
documentation that you can use for FinTrack. Okay. Whereby if you know someone mm-hmm. who you can send to basically interview this person, get right. the information, then you can fill out a third party documentation that shows that they were in front of this person, that that person did in fact match their ID mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So you can, in some circumstances, if you're not available to see the person in person, right. then you certainly can get someone else to do it on their behalf. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. If they're not local. Maybe, That's right. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then how does deposits come into play for FinTrack? So deposits are tricky as well. Okay. The general rule around deposits is if you are representing the client mm-hmm. or the client is unrepresented, you must obtain what's called a receipt of funds form. So that receipt of funds form basically tells you how much the deposit is, what bank it came from, who is the owner of that bank account, Okay. what bank institution it came from. Mm-hmm. And then you fill out all that information on this form. And then you match the ID of the person who's giving you this money to another ID form if it's a separate individual. Oh, so for instance, if a numbered company is providing a deposit on behalf of the purchaser, right? you must then ID that number company and do all the same FinTrack again. Okay. It has to be provided for every person who's involved. And it has to, you have to show a relationship between the person providing the money Funds, yeah. and the person purchasing the property. Mm. Like follow the money, Tracy. Follow the money. And follow that, the money. that is very purpose. specific for FinTrack yeah. because the money laundering has been an issue in Canada. Mm-hmm. I personally have never seen one happen, but I do know of various has happened. institutions yeah. where it has happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So you have to be extra diligent. That's right. Make sure you understand and have all of those forms completed. That's right. Now, the only time that it's not required is if the funds go to a solicitor. Right. If the funds are sent to a solicitor, you don't need to provide any information on the receipt of funds. Right. You still need to provide ID and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to provide the receipt of funds form. Right. The solicitor will do that, will manage that process. That's right. Gotcha. That's right. Okay. That's very good. And you don't need to provide the receipt of funds form if the client is being represented by another agent. So if that broker, so say for instance, a competing broker is representing that client, Mm -hmm. they have to provide the receipt of funds and keep it on their file. We don't necessarily need to have it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Obviously we'll link the FinTrack forms for everybody. So fear not listeners, everything will be linked there. How do you know, Tracy, this is like the million dollar question. How do you know if a client is affiliated with a terrorist organization? So the government of Canada has a website which notes the listed terrorist entities. Okay. And that is updated every day. Right. And it's for North America, actually. It's North America wide. And this list is kept up to date and accessed for anyone. It's public information. So we could go on and do a little search? That's correct. You could, if you wanted to. see whose names come up. (laughs) Yeah. And so a lot of companies, it's good to check that list. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a super long list, but... Since the various conflicts in the world, especially with Russia and Ukraine, and the more sanctions that are put on certain countries, Mm -hmm. that list gets bigger. It starts to grow. So if a country is sanctioned, you legally cannot do business with anybody that's affiliated on that list. This is really interesting. You're right. You can't. You can't. So that's what's what's helpful for the list. It sounds like there is some room for error. (laughs) And well, and just thinking, there must be... Well, we are so fortunate to have Tracy, but we are exceptionally fortunate to have there Tracy. There must be some incomplete forms, or there must be some yeah. sales happening that maybe aren't done one hundred percent correctly by the book. And yeah. you know, if that happens, 
it happens. You can get audited at any time. Right. For your FinTrack information from the government of Canada. Right. If you, for instance, if you notice that there is a name that you're dealing with on the list, mm-hmm. you must immediately stop all transactions and then report that to the mm-hmm. government of Canada. Right. Don't sit on it. You can't sit on you it. You can't sit no, on it. No, and you can't continue the business. Right. It has to you're stop obligated You're obligated. To report it. Yeah. To stop and report. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if any funds have been provided, this is another reason to do it up front. Mm-hmm. Because generally you want to make sure that the individual who you're dealing with is not on that list prior to taking any deposits. Of course. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. then it starts to get a little bit hairy. That's right. Okay. So really advice from Tracy, follow the forms, do it early. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As soon as, as somebody soon as has starting. submitted an offer. That's correct. Right? Or if you have a listing of someone who wants to sell a property, you want to do a background on that person on before that group, you agree right. to take on the listing. Yeah. Right. That's really good information. Yeah. How long do you have to keep the documentation for FinTrack? What's our timeframes? So the minimum filing is five years, okay. but I always like to say seven just to keep it a buffer. Okay. Yeah. We talked about, obviously, who would be having to complete a FinTrack thing, what you're looking for. Is there any times where FinTrack wouldn't come into play or wouldn't be needed? Yeah. So there are several entities that are exempt from FinTrack. So any public body, okay, government body is exempt automatically. Okay. And any company that's publicly traded and holds assets over $700 million. Okay. Okay. They're okay. Yeah, they're okay, but you have to prove exemption. So uh-huh. that's the other trick. You do have to show that they're exempt mm-hmm. by pulling their financials and pulling the information off the TSA. Right. Okay. Okay. Is there a form to prove that they're exempt? No, you just have to have the documentation on file just to show that, that, that they you are did exempt. the check. Right. That you've done the check, that you've done yeah. all the work for the background. Now, charities mm-hmm. are not exempt. No. No. And charities have fallen. There's a few noted on the terrorist list. So you want to be careful with that as well. Oh, goodness. They're only exempt from go... property tax. I only exempt from property tax. <laughs> Not from FinTrack. <laughs> I love it. Well, I am going to go and check out that terrorist list. Well, just it's for good fun. to know it's not all that long. No. No. Right? Wow. So much information. Tracy, this has been super informative. It was FinTrack fun. Yes. FinTrack fundamentals. Thank you for sharing your wisdom around FinTrack with us. It's a big deal, everyone. So, you know, for our listeners that are brokers, I hope that helps. It's important. It's the law, as Tracy says. And best we know, practices here. Yes, best practices here, sharing. And if you are more on the purchaser side or the vendor side, this is a good overview just so that you understand why your broker or your solicitor may be asking for this type of information, right? Yeah. And that it's required by law. So I hope that helps everybody. I know I learned a ton. Yes. Well, it's a good refresher, even for our experienced listeners. Mm-hmm. So we'll link you, those Tracy. forms. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And we'll be back with our next episode talking about the latest and greatest in commercial real estate. If you have any questions for us, Lorray and I are super easy to find. You can find us on LinkedIn under Lori Suba and Lorray Spindler. Or you can always shoot us a note at hello at scoutrealestate.ca. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a five-star rating. And if you have any suggestions for future topics that you'd like us to cover reach out and we'd love to hear from you have a great week everyone